Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Tuesday podcast. It's the 2nd of January, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank. This half podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Check out ffbt.com and stop by your local branch anytime to talk about your ag operation. Today, Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller on the news, including California's Prop 12 and higher pork prices. Also, EVs won't impact the ethanol industry, the Ag Secretary says. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says the work week looks pretty good. And we'll have market analyst John Zanker with a preview of the start of the new year in the ag markets. Coming up on the Who's Your Ag Today Tuesday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. For many of you here in Indiana, agriculture is your life's work and legacy. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Throughout my career, I've been immersed in Indiana agriculture and appreciate the role that ACI plays on behalf of Indiana agribusinesses. ACI is the proactive voice for agribusiness, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Prop 12 now in effect, and ethanol's battle with electric vehicles will heat up this year. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. Even though California's Proposition 12 just took effect yesterday, it was already having a negative impact on the pork industry even before the new year began. C.J. Miller has the story. What we see with California now that it's been enacted is higher meat prices in California. And that's Scott Hayes, the president of the National Pork Producers Council. He says the new law has not only raised the price of pork in California, but it's also created a shortage of pork supplies there. Prices in August were up as much as 27% in California on the cuts that are affected by Prop 12, while the rest of the country's seen about a 2% decrease in price. And there's also a little bit of issue with availability of product. He says the Proposition 12 is not what it was marketed to be. They tout it as a higher standard for animal welfare. It is not. It is just simply a different standard that causes farmers to have to change the way they raise pigs, make a sizable capital investment to make that change, which is not better necessarily for the pigs. Farmers, the veterinarians, they know how to take care of pigs, not the activists in California. Since the U.S. Supreme Court's decision last May to uphold California's Proposition 12, Those within the pork industry have been pushing lawmakers in D.C. to pass a bill to override Prop 12 and prevent a state like California from dictating how industries in other states 
must be regulated. Keep in mind the Supreme Court agreed that this is a problem and it's a real problem. They just didn't think it was their problem. So we still have hope that we can get Congress to see this as a real problem and get it fixed. As far as a watch out for other industries, I think certainly this opens up the door for about anything. Any state says we don't like the way another state's doing something, they have the right to regulate it now. Read more at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm CJ Miller. All right, CJ, thanks. 2024 is likely to see competition between electric vehicles and ethanol-powered hybrids heat up as the ethanol industry makes a play for a share of the carbon-reducing vehicle market and the EPA moves to finalize tough new auto emission rules. The EPA proposed in 2023 rules that could force EVs to make up two-thirds of new cars sold in the U.S. by 2032. Farmers come up to me and they say, oh, will you guys stop talking about electric vehicles? No. Because we want to make sure that we continue to have manufacturing in this country. And that's USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack, who says farmers should stop blaming electric vehicles and look to expand ethanol markets in aviation and other ways. It's not going to put you guys out of business. It's not. We're going to have cars that use ethanol for a long, long time. But Renewable Fuels Association head Jeff Cooper argues EVs could suppress ethanol demand and are not the solution. They, in most cases, do not deliver the the range that was advertised that they have problems in uh, extremely hot weather or extremely cold weather you know that there are, are problems with finding places to charge these vehicles so what could be the solution cooper says the rfa has been road testing a plug-in hybrid flex fuel vehicle that uses e85 if you are truly interested and if you are truly serious about reducing carbon emissions and doing it at the lowest cost possible for consumers, and doing it in a way that doesn't compromise or sacrifice vehicle range and convenience, this is what we got to be looking at. Cooper says that test vehicle, a Ford Escape, got 440 miles out of a full tank of E85 and a full charge, nearly double that of a comparable EV. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it. Operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we take a look at the setup here across the Hoosier State, we're not too shabby as we kick off the rest of this work week. Temperatures moderating a little bit here today after strong Canadian high pressure was in control yesterday. We see south winds coming up the back of that, and that's why temperatures are 
a little bit better right now. A reinforcing shot of cold air comes out of Canada across the Great Lakes tomorrow, so we're back down to near normal temperatures, I believe, for the rest of this week. However, clouds roll in tomorrow with the air mass change, but they don't really produce anything, and we get back to partly to mostly sunny skies to finish the week. Thursday and Friday. Honestly, in my opinion, the weekend looks pretty good as well. We have a weather system that's going to be passing by easily to our south as we move through Friday and Saturday. Tennessee Valley, deep south, seeing some significant rains, but only a little bit of offshoot cloud cover coming up into southern parts of Indiana and central Ohio during that time frame. The rest of us will be looking at a mix of clouds and sunshine. We see a little bit of cloud cover later Sunday into Monday, but all eyes, or at least my eyes right now, are focused on a significant storm complex that forms in the southwestern United States, the Four Corners area, and then moves our way. This really starts to get going in the Four Corners on Sunday. By Monday, Monday morning, the lows dip down into the Texas Panhandle. Monday midday, this low makes it down into southeast Texas and then makes a beeline from an area just north of Houston all the way through Chicago as we move from Monday late afternoon and evening right on through Tuesday and Wednesday. This is going to bring some significant moisture with it. There's plenty of liquid, anywhere from a quarter to one inch of liquid equivalent precipitation here. But here's the question. Rain? or snow. Uh, at this point, this track is still very uncertain. I can tell you we are seeing significant moisture to start next week, but the track of the low is going to make all the difference as to whether it's rain or snow or both or you get the idea. So big moisture count on that. This system is not going to be leaving to the northeast until probably later on Wednesday. And I do think we turn out partly sunny for next Thursday, the 11th. But the start of the week is going to have plenty of action for sure. Get ready. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. No Monday markets. It's New Year's Day. This is Who's Your Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Farm Market Review. Again, no markets to report on on Monday. So we'll take a look back and take a look ahead as well. On Monday morning, I checked in with analyst John Zanker of Risk Management Commodities. John, Happy New Year. Hope 2024 is a good one for you. We had up and down markets throughout 2023. We begin this new year waiting on the tuesday session to begin and also keeping a close look on south american weather that will be in the early days the key well happy new year to you too andy and uh yes brazilian weather uh at the forefront uh latest maps i've seen here this morning would suggest that uh it's it's similar to what we've seen the last five weeks the best rains are in the extended forecast they're uh, forecast there has been some rains um not drought busting type rains and the earliest planted beans down there are pretty close to being harvested andy so uh i'm not sure they got the relief that they needed uh some yield loss is already being being seen for sure uh estimates of that right now uh 10 to as much as 15 million tons and um that would have been a bigger hit in the last two three years but with uh acreage expanding and argentina uh in much better shape than they've been here the last two three years that 10 to 15 million tons can be offset pretty easily so it's just been really difficult for the trade to get excited here and uh we, we didn't we didn't see very good action in either the corn or soybeans last week of course the trade 
getting excited. That was just a handful of them, not not a whole lot of volume or activity in the last couple of weeks. Yes, and that's that's not terribly unusual. And uh, but sadly, here uh, I was hoping a tight farmer holding uh, a little bit of a resurgence in exports for corn would uh, maybe get that March contract working back to the $5 mark. Instead, we were sitting here near the contract lows, which are also three-year lows. So uh, nothing good going on in corn here the past week, and beans have struggled a bit too as well. Wheat may be looking the best of them all, and part of that's just due to the ongoing uh, transportation issues, the the war issues that we're seeing in the Black Sea region, the Red Sea region. So um, unfortunately, not much else going on fundamentally sound for wheat. When does the market really ramp back up coming out of the New Year's break? Is it as soon as Tuesday, January 2nd, or maybe a few days down the road? Well, I think uh, we'll, we'll uh, likely see some action in the morning, uh, or we actually open up tonight, unfortunately. Um, but um, again, this weather forecast, if anything, in Brazil and Argentina looks uh, a little bearish to me. Um, technically, corn's a mess. Beans are getting close. So uh, if anything, if we see a big move here in the next couple of days, I would lean toward uh, the downside unless we get a sharp shift in that forecast for uh Mato Grosso in particular. Of course, not too distant future now, a January update from USDA. Do you have any expectations there, John? Expectations are not bullish. Uh, I believe the trade is um, pretty solid in its ideas that we're going to uh, see another yield increase. Uh, Historically, that would be backed up uh, when you get that gain in November. Uh, there's a pretty good chance you're going to see another one in January. And just the yields that we have seen in our area, Andy, would suggest that uh, we could see another bump in the Indiana and Illinois yield and uh, maybe a little bit out west, but uh, not expecting any bullish surprises there. Same thing with beans. Uh, I think we've seen the lowest yield number uh, that we're going to see there. So uh, it's all about South America. If we can't get any weather help from there. I'm uh, not very optimistic of any significant price recovery this winter. John Zanker, Market Analysis. John with Risk Management Commodities. And the number there is 866-837-9027. Happy New Year once again. Markets on Monday closed. Back open on Monday night, Tuesday morning. Follow those markets anytime at HoosierAgToday.com and our brand new free mobile app. I'm Andy Eubank. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.